Christ the Son, therefore, shall make you free. Ye shall be free indeed. We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for September 16th, 2012. And today's study is going to be pretty much dedicated to well, the events of the last week regarding really the Middle East. A lot of breaking things, a lot of things that could definitely have an impact on where, no matter where you live in the world, could have a huge impact and will have a huge impact. Uh, most likely in the days ahead. And so we're going to be going through probably covering more actual headlines than I've probably ever covered in one teaching as far as just the, the sheer volume of headlines. Um, we're looking at about a 23-page study here and um, hoping I can get it done in four parts. I never know exactly how long it's going to take me to get a study, though. Um, but we're going to be kind of rapid-fire going through these current events, tying them all together in a coherent fashion because there's so much that's happened just in the last week and so much of if you were to just believe what the mainstream media is telling you uh, you're going to get you're going to get led astray essentially you're, you're not going to get the full picture and that's what they're there for to make sure you don't get the full picture so that's what we're going to try to do today uh, first article uh, Obama invites Egypt's Muslim Brotherhood president to meet next week, but refuses to meet with Netanyahu. The White House has rejected a request by Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu to meet the President Barack Obama in the United States this month, an Israeli official said on Tuesday. After a dispute erupted between the Allies over Iran's nuclear program, an Israeli official told Reuters on condition of anonymity that Netanyahu's aides had asked for a meeting when he visits the United Nations this month, and the White House got back to us and said it appears that a meeting is not possible. It said that the president's schedule will not permit it. Uh, Obama's going to be... Uh, but the thing is, is that same, basically the same day, <laughs> they announced that Obama had been scheduled to a uh, appearance on David Letterman. So he took David Letterman, but he couldn't get with Netanyahu when you've got this powder keg over in the Middle East ready to go off. And uh, he's going to be actually campaigning and on Letterman at that particular time. So, you know, you got to have your priorities. I mean, you can't blame the guy. Come on. I mean, he's a great guy. Um, anyway, so there's other links you, you can click on here to verify that, um, how, how the, the Letterman thing that I just mentioned and that his schedule is full. There's different links you can click on. I can't cover every little link, but I can give you uh, the other links that tie into that particular story. Okay, so continuing fur further, oh, and uh, because I've been reporting on these types of events a lot lately, I've been accused by many, not many, but some that, you know, I'm one of, like, the John Hagee type that, you know, just gives Israel a free pass, and they can do no wrong, and, and they're above reproach, and no matter what they do, you know, we need to support them, you know. And so, I, again, as I've said before, I've tried to have biblical balance when dealing with this particular subject. Um, and I've done three different teachings. One was entitled, The Biblical Cause of Jewish-Israeli Affliction, uh, John Hagee Christian Zionism, I did a report on the blasphemous Talmud, which is one of the backbones of the, you know, uh, orthodox, I would say, Jewish, Israeli, 
type of religion. Uh, you've got the Talmud, you've got the Kabbalah, and these extra, extra biblical books. And they're, they're as blasphemous toward Jesus Christ as you could get. And then I just quote out of it. So I'm not giving anyone a free pass. Everybody has to get saved the same way. They've all got to go through the Lord Jesus Christ. His shed blood, his death, burial, and resurrection. That's, you know, and again, if you don't understand that concept, go up to contendingfortruth.com, contendingfortruth.com, and click on the salvation tab and listen to those teachings in that order. I, I lay that all out. So, anyway, I just wanted to post those links there because, you know, <laughs> I get some emails, you Zionist scum, you know, you little... I love it, you know. So, anyway, um, I wanted to post those up there just right up front today so that if somebody's listening to me, hoping they can pounce on me, you know, I have three different teachings I've done on that particular subject. So, let's go further here. Israel, uh, well, I'll just start reading this from Reuters. The United States forfeited its moral right to stop Israel taking action against Iran's nuclear program because Washington had refused to be firm with Tehran, the Israeli Prime Minister said yesterday. So, in other words, all of this pressure that the U.S. is exerting on Israel to, to not act, to not act, to not act, they're forfeiting that right um, because Washington refused to be firm with Tehran. In other words, Washington, our government's being very wishy-washy regarding a lot of these subjects. And um, Israel is you know, trying to get us on board with them, essentially. It, in comments which appeared to bring the possibility of an Israeli attack on Iran closer, Benjamin Netanyahu took the administration to task after Washington rebuffed his own call to set a red line for Tehran's nuclear drive. Uh, he said, the world tells Israel, wait, and there's still time. And I say, wait for what? Wait until when? Essentially, wait until what? When the bombs start dropping type of deal? Uh, Mr. Netanyahu said, speaking in English. And then he goes on, those in the international community who refuse to put red lines before Iran don't have a moral right to place a red line before Israel. Okay? Like a line in the sand, essentially. You, 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 you can't do this, in other words. These parameters they're supposed to abide by. Okay, so Mr. Netanyahu has been pushing Barack Obama, the U.S. president, to adopt a tougher line against Iran, arguing that setting a clear boundary for Iran's uranium enrichment activities and imposing stronger economic sanctions could deter Tehran from developing nuclear weapons and mitigate the need for military action. I mean, listen, you can say poor Muslims and all this stuff all day long. All you have to do is look at the quotes from Ahmadinejad and the Ayatollah Khomeini over there in Iran. And their whole stated absolute 100% goal is annihilation of Israel, every man, woman, and child, and the great Satan America. I mean, you can't blame that on anything but them in their own tongues. They've made it abundantly clear what their goals are. It's not, it's not like debatable, you know. Um, that is what they've said out of their own mouth. So, that's their, that's what they've said. And, and I mean, you know, I'm not going to apologize for their own statements. And we're going to take a really good hard look at that whole subject. Uh, today regarding Islam and the Muslims and we're really going to see uh, we're just going to take an in-depth look at that. So, going further here, on Monday Hillary, Hitlery, sorry Clinton, the U.S. Secretary of State said the U.S. would not set a deadline 
in further talks with Iran, saying there was still time for diplomacy to work. Yeah, you, you just, that's the thing with Islam. Diplomacy is where it's at. When dealing with Islam, they always listen to the voice of reason. They're calm, collected, cool, peaceful people. They only wish the best for the infidels, which are non-believers in, in Islam, even though the Quran tells them to strike off the heads of the unbelievers and kill them and humiliate them and butcher them and rape their women. And I'm going to go over some of those quotes today out of the good old Quran. You know, it's all out there. It's just the mainstream media chooses just not even to ignore it, but to totally suppress. the. If there were quotes like this in the Bible... The mainstream media would be so far all over us as born-again Christians, you wouldn't even know where to turn. And it's just, but the thing is, is that Islam is held to such a different preferential protected status. Anything that's evil and wicked in this world, and the more wicked and evil, the more it's protected now. The, The sodomites, the gays, the homosexuals, the transsexuals, the bisexuals, whatever, they have this unbelievably and increasingly protected status. Have you noticed that? You know, Planned Parenthood, the right to, to you know, slaughter your baby in the womb. They have this unbelievably protected status. And not only that, but taxpayer funding. Islam, probably the most overtly wicked, in-your-face religion on the planet. I understand, yes, you could say Satanism's worth. But... In a way, at least Satanism's more honest. At least they say they're evil and they're serving evil. Okay? Islam acts like they're morally superior. We're going to look at the moral, the morality issues of Islam today as well. We're going to do rapid fire, point by point by point. Normally, in times past, I've done studies where I really will key on one point. I'm going to do rapid fire succession today on a multitude of different points. And I don't know what more I could do as possible if somebody's riding the fence about this particular issue to convince somebody how wicked and how evil their agenda is for humanity. Not It's just not the Middle East. They want total world domination. And this whole thing that happened this week with this supposed... Film. It's not even a film, it's a trailer up on YouTube, and we're going to get into that in depth. All that was, was an absolute excuse, ploy, whatever. And there's so much more to it than even that, and we will get into that. But Hillary's saying that we need to, there's still time for diplomacy to work. It's always worked in the past. Every time they give land to, to Islam, Islam behaves right they they act they act nice there the 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 ink isn't even dry on the paper typically and they just move the rockets in closer so they can get a better shot or a better bead on whatever given city they're going to annihilate that's the only that's the only reward islam's ever given <laughs> israel for land for peace concessions that's the only time and time and time and time again Thousands and thousands and thousands of rockets. And then when Israel responds, and when Israel tries to protect itself, oh, they're demonized. Oh, look at these terrible 
And those slime bucket Muslims will literally use little children and babies as human shields so Israel won't fire on them. I'm going to get into all this today. I'm going to try as much as I can to expose the unbelievable, utter hypocrisy of Islam. I, I mean, I have got rapid fire. I've got this st- study set up in such a way where it's more rapid fire than anything I've ever done. So, hold on to your hats. Anyway, next article. An armada of British naval power massing in the Gulf as Israel prepares an Iran strike. This just happened. There's a picture here, if you want to see it, a satellite picture of the Strait of Hormuz. It's only 21 miles at its widest uh, only 20 miles, 21 miles wide at its narrowest point. In other words, these ships have to, um, it, this would be the, all, the, the um, best place for what they would call a choke point of all the ships going in and out of the Strait of Hormuz, where 35% of all oil um, is, um, 35% of world petroleum is traded by sea, all comes through that. Battleships, aircraft carriers, minesweepers, and submarines from 25 nations are now converging on the strategically important Strait of Hormuz in an unprecedented show of force as Israel and Iran move towards the brink of war. Western leaders are convinced that Iran will retaliate to any attack by attempting to mine or blockade the shipping lane through which passes about 18 million barrels of oil every day, approximately 35% of the world's petroleum traded by sea. Now, you can see that um, the... the, the um, Main report on Drudge right now. I was up till, I was like 2.30 tonight just trying to get all this stuff into the study. I keep, every time I go up to Drudge or another news thing, there's some other breaking story that relates to what we're talking about. It's, it's so hard to even try to keep up anymore. And a lot of people, again, I, I obviously get a lot of emails. I'm getting to the point where there's a lot of emails I just can't answer anymore. I'm sorry. I just can't do it. Uh, it's either drop the studies and devote to the to the emails or not answer a whole bunch of emails and try to keep you abreast on current events. And I just feel like that up until the point where I can address this issue so that you're not destroyed for lack of knowledge, so that Satan doesn't get an advantage of you for you're not ignorant of his devices, those types of things, I need to I need to focus in on the studies. Because that's that's the main thrust of this ministry and it's always been. So I apologize to people that I can't respond to anymore, but one person can only do so much. And trying to put together a study like this, 24 pages, individual length, all the stuff that goes into that is, it's a lot. And to do it week in, week out. So I'm not complaining, I'm just saying. I uh, just want to let you know. I'm, I'm not ignoring you on purpose. So, I, first, first story in Drudge Report. The main story right now. Iran. Crude oil ought to be $150 per barrel. This just came out today from Reuters. Crude oil should be at least $150 per barrel, Iran's oil minister was quoted as saying on Sunday. The sanctions hit country's OPEC governor said current oil prices were not high enough to threaten the world economy. See, they're trying, what they want, what Iran wants is to squeeze the world economy and the great Satan in Israel any particular way, it, and the rest, the rest of the infidel countries, I believe, as well, any way they can. Um, it said benchmark benchmark Brent crude prices rose to nearly one hundred eighteen dollars a barrel on Friday. 
stoking fears that surging energy costs could harm fragile economic growth. Now, when you have all this stuff going on in the Middle East right now, the crude oil prices automatically go up. Because obviously things are so tenuous and on such a razor's edge that, you know, the oil shipping lanes could be shut down very easily. So this is where, um, you know, they're, they're, wanting to, they're wanting to threaten the world economy. And they believe Iran's coming out flat out saying, well, they're not, they should be at least be $150 because, you know, if they're not at least $150, it's not high enough to threaten the world economy. I mean, the guys, well, at least they're being honest. I mean, you know, (laughs) at least you got a little bit of honesty there um, from them. So, anyway, that's what he was saying. There's some other things in here that just popped up here, but I'm I'm not going to get into them quite yet. I'm going to wait a little bit because they relate to some stories that we'll be getting into. So, we've got this gigantic armada over there, or going over there right now. 25 nations converging on the strategically important Strait of Hormuz, in an unprecedented show force and as Israel and Iran move toward the brink of war. Western leaders are convinced that Iran will retaliate to any attack by attempting to minor blockade the shipping lane. Okay, we already went through all this. Um, a blockade would have a catastrophic effect on the fragile economies of Britain, Europe, the United States, and Japan, all of which rely heavily on oil and gas supplies from the Gulf. And again, that's all been by design from the very beginning. We've had technologies that have been suppressed for probably close to 100 years, where we wouldn't have had to be dependent upon oil or have a minimal, tiny dependency on oil. And I don't even mean petroleum products for the car. Maybe oil for your car engine, I don't know. But not gasoline for your tank. There's been all kind of free energy things that have been developed, suppressed, or things that can at least make your car get two, 300 miles to a gallon. All those people are, are ultimately either bought off or killed. There's a huge, gigantic pattern of it because the, this is how they control us. If oil prices go up to 150 bucks, everything else will also go up because then it costs more to get the food to the grocery stores. And every single commodity or thing that you would use on a daily basis will be affected. It's just a matter of time. They're starting the QE to infinity thing, most likely, very soon, where they're just going to be printing more money out of thin air, which is going to further devalue the dollar. We're going to talk about that a little bit. You've got the potential for war in the Middle East, and that's just a matter of time before that happens. It will happen. This will be World War III, which will launch us into the tribulation eventually, most likely at the end of World War III. Uh, the Antichrist, the Man of Peace, will come and straighten everything out. I've covered that many on many thing, uh, studies as well. So we've got all these things, and, and you really see you've got the worst drought I mean, since the Dust Bowl era of the 30s happening. I mean, the corn around us, and I thought we were getting enough rain. It's all dead. It's all dead. Every field. And they're, they have the audacity to take corn and, and 10% of our gas here is ethanol, which they make out of the stinking corn. So a lot of the corn production you're seeing is either for gas, which... Again, which is a total scam from the pit of hell because we've already got all the technologies to, to but all the automakers and all the crude oil, they're all in cahoots together. It's all a gigantic scheme and ploy to control us, lock, stock, and barrel, and to deplete us. And, and now QE3 to infinity or whatever they're going to end up doing, whatever dollars you have are going to continue to devalue. They're going to have less and less purchasing power. 
Whatever you're going to get, if you've got any conviction about any kind of end time, the prudent man foreseeth evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Consider the ant, you know, where the Bible talks about that, where he stores up his food in the summer, so he has food in the winter, essentially. If you have any kind of conviction about that at all, now would be the time to act, unless the Lord is telling you, just don't do anything, okay? And I'm not, that's between you and God, okay? Praying, fasting, on that particular subject is the best thing I can tell you. I'm not saying God can't protect us. I'm not saying God can't take care of us. I'm just, from an economical standpoint, telling you what is happening, what is going to happen. It's a virtual guarantee. You've got the worst drought we've had since the 30s, essentially. And the food that they grow to feed the cattle, or the chickens, or whatever, it's not there, because... So much of the crops are dead. We just had a combine go through our, this cornfield, and I'm thinking, I wonder what they're going to do with that. I mean, it's all dead. <laughs> it was just like, well, you know, we got to harvest it, but I don't, I don't know how much the yield they can actually get out of something like that. When you and I've been up here a couple years, and I've never seen that. The, the other years when they grew corn, it was fine. Now it's dead, and we had way more rain than the average part of the country, like in the. Um, middle part of the country, in the Midwest, and in, you know, those types of states, Missouri, Oklahoma, those, they they were in a severe, severe drought. You know, we had way more rain, and we still had dead corn. So, all of that that's used to feed the cattle, or to make stinking ethanol, <laughs> which, is which is terrible for your car, and, and uh, also, just so you know, and then also to make high fructose corn syrup, which is one of the chief ways they're killing us, causing diabetes, causing heart disease, causing all kind of, of, of blood sugar abnormalities, causing liver toxicity. High fructose corn syrup, one of the worst things you can possibly put in your body, which they put in almost everything, like the soft drinks, and they put it in uh, breads, and, and you name it. They just ladle it in to everything. They use corn to make that as well, and then that, and that's a real... And then this, the, the farmers are totally subsidized in these crops, and they're totally dependent on the government for their profits. And, and it's a really, really, really bad scenario. Now you have this worst drought. There's going to be very little to even feed the cattle. The cattle, a lot of them, a lot of the farmers have actually had to get rid of the cattle because they couldn't afford to feed them anymore. So you're going to have a lot less meat production. Whatever meat's going to be out there is going to be skyrocketing in price. I was at an expo yesterday, and like a survival expo, and they had um, the canned meats. And I mean like freeze-dried or dehydrated. And I could not believe the price of the canned meats. I mean, it was like, wow. Some of the other things were still reasonable, but the meats were absolutely skyrocketing already. So all I'm saying is that if you've got any conviction in those areas, while your dollars still have purchasing power, and they're not going to most likely very much longer, you may want to consider that. But again, take it to the Lord in prayer. Fast about it if you need to. I plan on putting out, I'm probably not going to be able to do a study on it, but just putting out a maybe a little tiny audio with a large study on proactive things that you can do right now, like some purchases you may want to make for end time 
survival preparedness. I had a uh, dear listener from Australia, and um, they put together a document for me. And I've also got some a document of my own that I'm probably going to add to it and then put it up there. And at least you can go through that and, and um, glean from that knowledge as well. I, I'm, I'm hoping to get that up maybe within a week or two. I, I need to get it up the sooner the better. Uh, because if this stuff starts to go down quickly, I think that one of the Internet's going to be one of the first things that could potentially go as an excuse for whatever national security. So... Anyway, I just want to throw that in. Now, let's go back to the article. Uh, the Strait of Hormuz is, is one of the world's most congested international waterways. It is only 20 mile, 21 miles wide at its narrowest point and is bordered by the Iranian coast to the north and the United Emirates to the south. The main ep- exercise comes as President Obama is scheduled to meet with Benjamin Netanyahu, the Israeli foreign prime minister. They're saying today, I don't know about that. I haven't heard anything about that. As I said before, Netanyahu already snub, they already snubbed Netanyahu, but that was regarding the United Nations thing that's going on sometime this month. Okay, This is something different. I don't know whether the crisis has merited that uh, Obama has to say, okay, i got to meet with him type of deal. But I can't verify that last statement right now on CNN or Drudge Report. So I don't know about that statement. I'm just, I'm just flat. I'm telling you that. I'm not 100% sure. But in this report, um, which is from the Telegraph in the UK, I mean, normally, you know, it's not like it's from, you know, they, I, I would think they'd have their news straight on that. Anyway, many within the Obama administration believe that Israel will launch a preemptive strike against Iran's nuclear facilities before the U.S. presidential elections. Both Downing Street and Washington hope that the show of force will demonstrate to Iran that NATO and the West will not allow President Ahmadinejad, the Iranian leader, to develop a nuclear armory or or close Hormuz, the Strait of Hormuz. Now, my comment here is, so obviously it's not about defending Israel, this whole armada they're sending over there. It's about their precious oil in the Strait of Hormuz. So bear that in mind. You could, you could say, well, this is contradictory. Obama won't meet with, with Netanyahu and he's snubbing them and they're, and they're telling them there's still time for diplomacy. Now they're sending this armada. So they are supporting Israel. No, 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 no. This doesn't, I don't really believe that's about Israel. It's about their precious oil and about closing down the Strait of Hormuz. That they care about. <laughs> Obama could care less about Israel. He's proven that time and time and time again. Hey, the guy's a Muslim. Why would he? Deep down, he's on the Muslim side. He's just trying to do the bare minimum that he can to still kind of maybe show that he has a little bit of whatever for Israel. Just to keep his poll numbers to a certain level. I think that's the only reason that's happening. Yes, I understand he's under the control of his Illuminati handlers like a puppet on a string. Yes, I agree with that. But I do believe his, his, his allegiance is to Islam. And he's made many statements to confirm that. So, let's go further. Next article. Following a story published in the Telegraph reporting an armada of U.S. and British ships amassing in the Persian Gulf, a top commander in Iran's Revolutionary Guard warned Sunday, now this just came out today, just added this in, that nothing will remain of Israel. Now this is the top commander in Iran's Revolutionary Guard. He warned Sunday that nothing will remain of Israel if his country is attacked. And then he goes on, it's okay for them to attack Israel though. Virtually almost 24-7 for the last, I don't know how many, you know, Years. That's okay. You know. 
Our response to Israel is clear. I think nothing will remain of Israel should it attack Iran. Given Israel's small land area and its vulnerability to a massive volume of Iran's missiles, I don't think any spot in Israel will remain safe, said General Mohammed al-Jafar. He also said Iran would close down the Strait of Hormuz, strike U.S. bases in the Middle East, and withdraw from the Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty. Now, as I said before, there was a report last time in my last study saying that Obama was saying, hey, listen, as long as you don't attack our bases and shut down the Strait of Hormuz, we'll let you and Israel do your thing. We won't, we won't back Israel if you, if you promise to do that. That was from, you know, that was from an Israeli source. Um, and obviously you didn't see anything about that on mainstream media, but it would make sense. So, again, I'm not saying I have 100% crystal ball foreknowledge on exactly how this is going to go down, but I can kind of hopefully get you to the point where you're seeing pretty much what the potential possible scenarios may be. Let's go further here. Uh... Here is a picture of Arab-Israeli Muslim men protesting in front of the U.S. Embassy and in the Mediterranean coastal city of Tel Aviv against the film Mocking Israel. Okay, we're going to get into that in depth. Um, and it says, USA, your ridiculous film is, is, at, of hate, is that of hatred to Islam and Muhammad. Okay. <laughs> Uh, following Thursday, following the U.S. attacks on the U.S. compounds in Libya, Egypt, and Yemen, the Times of Israel reports about 100 supposedly peaceful demonstrators turned outside the embassy to protest the anti-Islam movie, which mocks the pro- Prophet Muhammad. A top Israeli Arab Keznet official warned of, quote, Armageddon if the United Nations does not intervene. So because they got their little, supposedly their little feelings hurt, you talk about the most thin-skinned devils on the planet. Islam has to take the cake on that one. They can do whatever they want to anyone, but don't you dare ever criticize their devil cult religion in any way, shape, or form, or the wrath of Allah will be upon you. It's the ultimate in hypocrisy and double standards that I've ever seen a religion display, other than maybe Catholicism. Um, So they're warning that Armageddon, if the United Nations does not intervene, and then he goes on to say, if the UN does not mobilize to stop this erosion, it will be Armageddon. So this is what, this is all of the rhetoric and the posturing. Next article. The Yemen-based branch of Al-Qaeda urged Muslims to step up protests and kill more U.S. diplomats in the Muslim countries. These are the types of of hell-bound, purely wicked, evil, reprobate devils that you're dealing with here. These people are demon-possessed to the toenails, for the most part. I pray those that can be saved in that religion, cult, death cult religion, I pray to God if it be possible their souls be saved. But, for the most part, that's not going to obviously happen. Narrow is the way which leadeth to life eternal, and few there be that find it. These people are bent on pure evil, they're demon-possessed, they're driven by devils, 
And they're not going to change, and it's only going to get worse, and I'm going to amply prove that in this study today. There's no amount of diplomacy that will ever work with them. There's no amount of placating them or giving them what they want. Their only thing they'll ever be satisfied with is total annihilation of all infidels on the planet, total annihilation of Israel, the great Satan America, all the Christians, and you either convert or you die. That's it. That's, that's the end game for Islam. And they are really, really starting to ramp it up now. They're really starting to show their, their, um, their teeth and what their true intentions are. So they're saying now the uh, Yemen-based branch of Al-Qaeda and urging Muslims to step up protests and kill more U.S. diplomats in the Muslim countries after a U.S.-made film mocking the Prophet Muhammad, which... Uh, which it said was another chapter in the Crusader Wars against Islam. Whoever, okay, this is a quote from them. It says, whoever comes across American ambassadors and emissaries should follow the example of the Libyans who killed the American ambassador. In other words, kill as many Americans and the ambassadors as, as you can. This was, the group said, referring to a Tuesday attack on the U.S. consulate in the Libyan city of Benghazi. Now, let's take a little look at this movie, this supposed movie, uh, Mocking Islam. Next article. Is the Muhammad movie a contrived fraud? An anti-Muslim film that has been blamed for the attacks on the U.S. embassies in Egypt, Libya, and Yemen is likely a contrived fraud designed to stir up unrest in the Middle East. A trailer for the film entitled The Innocence of Muslims has been on YouTube for over two months. Now, please understand, all it is is a trailer. It's not a movie. Okay. Um, despite the alleged filmmaker's claim that the movie was funded by rich Jewish donors to the tune of $5 million, it has all the quality of a low-budget film school project. I watched, like, the first five minutes. I was laughing so hard. It's got to be the most hilarious thing I've ever seen. It is so... B-rated isn't it's it's like F-rated. It, it, it's it's so bad. It's it's hilariously bad. Though. I mean, these guys are coming up and they've got like fake beards on and and they're and they're they're talking and you're hearing words dubbed in their mouths. It's like a it's like a really bad cheap like 1970s Japanese Godzilla movie or something where you're you're seeing the Japanese talk and they're talking in Japanese and it's coming out in English and it's not even remotely matching their lips. I mean, it is so funny. As far as the quality, and that this is this has five million for a trailer. I mean, it's so bad. It's it's hilarious. Is what I'm trying to say. Is the point I'm trying to say. I mean, the fact that this this supposedly was the crux of all of this is. <laughs> I mean, I would have thought if they would have got mad about something. They would have had, and again, there's way more to this, and I will be getting into that, but it would have been something at least professionally done. This has got to be the most unprofessional thing I have ever seen. I mean, the the editing alone looked like it was made like in a a basement somewhere in in Uganda or something from some three-year-old. You know, with with like low-budget editing equipment. I mean, it's, it's so bad. Um, it, it almost, it almost like when you see it, you almost think it's like something out of Saturday Night Live or some kind of spoof. Really, is what it actually looks like. Okay, so 
The trailer has now been banned in several Middle Eastern countries, including Egypt and Afghanistan. Indeed, the full film itself may not exist. Uh, a doubt that has also been shared about the existence of its shadowy director, Sam Basile, who told the Associated Press this week that he was a 56-year-old is- Israeli Jew who lives in California, despite telling actors on the set that he's Egyptian, while others claim he's American. Basso claimed he made the film to illustrate how Islam is a cancer, period. Now, it's, it's again, it's, it's absolutely, it's really hilarious if you see it. I mean, you can't, there, there's no way you could possibly take it serious. You know, it's, but again, anything in the world is going to, any excuse Islam has, and again, there's way more to it, but any excuse they would have or contrived excuse, they're just going to jump all over it. And again, there's a reason behind that, and we're going to look at that. So, however, numerous authorities have failed to, in attempting to locate Sam Basile, although they have located him. They, all the pictures up on Drudge Report, he's got his face wrapped, and he's in these big trench coats, and, and they interviewed him, evidently. They found him and interviewed him, and I guess they released him. Um, and uh, he's, he's fearing for his life. They put out his... You know, his address and stuff like that, so everybody could find him. It was, it was nice of him to do that. Um, so he was residing in, residing in California. Basile is likely a pseudonym for the only real person who has been positively connected to the movie, which is Nicola Basile Nakula, a 55-year-old Coptic Christian living in California who was convicted for federal bank fraud in 2010. So again, they've got to discredit this guy to the nth degree, as though the, the film doesn't discredit himself enough. Um, I give you a link here if you want to watch a clip from this so-called $5 million movie. If you want to watch that. I just showed Taylor about, I don't know, five minutes of this thing. I, no, I only got to the four minute, 20 minute, 20 second mark. It's got to be the, the most worst B-rated Hilarious. I mean, it's almost like if you were trying to do a the most cut-rate, B-rated spoof on the planet for something like... It, it wouldn't even meet, like, Saturday Night Live. It, it would, like... I, I, it, it, you can't even describe it how bad it is. I mean, the, the overdubbing of the, of the things, the green screens, the, the fake beards, the... The, 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 how the, the voices change from, from the same guy speaking, and all of a sudden he's speaking in a different voice. And all of the, and it doesn't even make sense, the show. I mean, it's like they're going from one scene rapid fire to the other, and you don't even know what's going on. They're not even, they're not even making any kind of real coherent point in the show. I mean, I only got to a little over the four minute mark, but I mean. <laughs> I, you, you just if you can you can watch it for yourself if you like. I give you the link here um, that you can go to. So um, <laughs> the movie itself, or the 14 minutes of it which have been released, is also highly suspect. Actors involved in the film were told, "quote They were appearing in a film about the life of a generic Egyptian of 2,000 years ago, following the attack on the U.S. consulate in Benghazi. All 80 cast members." Uh, put out a joint statement stating they were misled by the producer. <laughs> I just can't believe this thing. I mean, this is so... It's it's like the things the government contrives to to stir up things. It's like, you would think they've got 
billions and trillions of dollars at their disposal. And if they really wanted to try to gin something up in the Middle East, they could have come up with something about 500 times better than this thing. But the fact that they've used this unbelievably berated um, show to do this, and this is the reason all these people are dying over there in the middle, it, it's just, it's just, it's incomprehensible. I'm not laughing about the people dying. That's horrific, okay? It's just this film is such a joke. When you see it, you, you won't even believe it. You will be, my, my daughter was, she couldn't even, I mean, you, you don't even know what to say when you're watching it. It's, it's so bad. So, um, <laughs> they were, they've made this joint statement stating they were misled by the producer. It says, the entire cast and crew are extremely upset and feel taken advantage of by the producer. We are 100% not behind this film and we're grossly misled about its intent and its purpose. Now, if this had been a show mocking Christianity, there would be nothing, there would be no people dead. There would be no, there would be no statements by the 80 cast members. Everybody would say, well, it's just another thing mocking Christianity, you know, let's go our way. You know, that whole, uh, there's been all kind of stuff mocking Christianity. We're going to get into that, you know, that Jesus Christ superstar, the, the last temptation of Christ, all of these blasphemous, blasphemous plays and shows they've come out with. And that's okay. We, we as Christians need to just keep our mouth shut and say that they have artistic whatever and license. They have artistic license to do whatever they want because of the First Amendment. But you say anything about Islam, and, and again, this, I don't even know how you could get offended about this. Is This is like, are you kidding me? You got offended by this unbelievably shoddy, B-rated, stupid thing and this is the reason you're killing everybody this just shows you though the difference between islam and really almost every other religion on the planet I, mean, I don't i don't want to lump bible believing christianity in there but i'm just saying islam is strikingly different different in the way that they react to anything that they would perceive as a slight against them people have to die whenever there is anything that they say mocks muhammad or islam Okay, and this is the the hypocrisy that I'm trying to exploit as well. That's so obvious. So uh, it goes on to say, the statement says we were shocked by the drastic rewrites of the script. The film has been purposely dubbed and edited to elicit maximum outrage for the Muslims. The Prophet Muhammad is depicted as a pedophile. Well, he was. He was a pedophile. He married Aisha at the age of six. And, and supposedly, you know, admitted that he consummated the marriage at the age of nine, and that was his favorite wife as well. I read some more about that last night. That was Aisha, the, the, the uh, six-year-old when he married her, and the nine-year-old when he went to bed with her. He is a pedophile. I don't really care if they don't like it or not. I, I, I could care less. He's a pedophile. He's an admitted pedophile. The, the, the Islamic writings admit this much. But it's as though we can't say anything about that. We have to just shut our mouths about it. I will not shut my mouth. I am not going to shut my mouth about any of this. You know, if they think they can come over here and take me out, well, I'm right here. I'm right here. I believe God will protect me. I have the faith to believe that God will protect me from these devils. I will not back down about this subject. I'm not going to make apologies about things that are obvious and flagrant and in your face. 
I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be politically correct. I refuse. And when they're verifiable facts that Islam has itself admitted to, how can you say I'm biased? I'm just stating facts. Now, they said he was a homosexual. I don't know if there was any, if there was any uh, Quranic writings for that. But, um, and then they said a religious phony, obviously was that. A philanderer, he was obviously that. A womanizer, he was obviously that. And a bloodthirsty dictator, obviously all of those. The only thing I could see that could be disputed about that was the homosexual thing. And who knows, maybe there's something I don't know about that. I don't know. I mean, uh, the whole dancing boys of Afghanistan, that's a very ancient pr- tradition where they, you know, get their little boys. And we're gonna look, we're gonna look at that today too. And that's not something that hasn't been extensively reported on. That's an uh, ancient tradition, ancient. So that could be the very that could be very much the case as well. So most of these accusations are actually accurate. <clears throat> but Islam, they want to keep all that in the dark. They want to keep all that swept under the rug. That's not something the infidels need to know about. It's something they can do behind closed doors. But oh, how dare you accuse us of it, even though it's all true or most of it in this case. During the dialogue, the actor's words have been crudely dubbed to include references to Muhammad that were not in the original script. As the Christian Science Monitor summarizes, the film looks like it could have been ginned up by someone sitting in a basement with cheap dubbing software. Everything about the movie suggests it was a contrived fraud to artificially manufacture unrest in the Middle East. And again, you would have thought with the... If this was, you know, a... (laughs) Obviously, I do believe this was all pre-planned, and, and uh, they, they could have uh, made a little better effort than this, but uh, this is what we got. So, next article. The, de- the Deputy Chief Commander of Iran's Revolutionary Guards warned <clears throat> this past week that any aggression against Iran will expand warfare onto the turf of its enemies. Our nation is ready to rub the enemy's snout into the dust and send thousands of coffins to their cities, said General Hosin Salami. Um, he was the guy that invented salami, actually. I don't know if you knew that. It's kind of a claim to fame here. A- anyway, just kidding. Anyway, General Hosin Salami uh, <clears throat> told Fars News Agency. <clears throat> a little humor there. Any aggression against Iran will expand the war into the borders of our enemies, he warned. They know our power, and we won't allow any aggression against our land. It's, but again, it's okay for them to kill and sabotage and, and you know, kill tourists in foreign countries and all the terroristic attacks. That's all fine. That's all good. We need to all just sit back and totally ignore that and let this satanic religion just steamroll us and we need to just open up our arms and just love it. Just let, just kill me, Islam. Kill me because I'm an infidel. This is what they literally almost expect from the rest of the world, the way they, they act. And if you let them do it, they will. They will more than happily slit your throat rape your wife and your daughters, and then kill them too. That's their agenda. They're just funny that way. You know, I mean, they're just funny that way. So any aggression against Iran will expand the war into the borders of their enemies. And I'm going to prove these statements I just said. I will prove that amply from their own writings. Uh, They know our power. We won't allow any aggression against our land. The general cited two reasons for what he called the greatness of the Islamic regime. This is why Islam is so great. Number one, that the supreme leader who is the deputy of the hidden imam, the Shiites, the 12th imam. This is the guy they're waiting for. This is their coming awaited savior. Okay? Who just so happens, Lord Maitreus says he's that. He says he is the awaited savior of all humanity, of all all the different religions that are waiting for. The Messiah to the Jews, the Christ to the Christians, the fifth Buddha to the Buddhists, 
the Krishna to the Hindus, and the 12th Imam, or the hidden Imam, or the Imam Mahdi, to Islam. This is their awaited savior. And they believe that he is only going to come through massive bloodshed on both sides of the spectrum. So they believe they've got to have this coming World War III. They, they don't believe that there's a choice. They believe that's the only way the hidden imam will come. I mean, what a great savior. I can, he's only going to come unless there's maximum human sacrifice. Which really doesn't surprise me about Islam. But you would think, you know, most religions, you know, they want to put on more of a, you know, most cult religions would want to put on more of a, a little more of a, I don't know, kind of more of an appetizing uh, window dressing, you know, kind of, I mean, for instance, you're coming into this religion, you're thinking about converting to Islam, and let's say you don't have a knife to your throat, and you're thinking, wow, I mean, all of these great attributes, I can go, I can be a suicide bomber, The my, my awaited savior, he's only going to come through massive, massive bloodshed, and we're going to kill all the infidels on planet Earth, and wipe them out, and, and we're going to have this nice big, and if, if I kill um, a Jew or Americans in the name of Allah, I go and get to be with my 72 virgins and my white-skinned boys up in paradise. I mean, you know, hey, I mean, it's, it's a great deal. These are, the, these are the kind of sick minds that you're dealing with here. I mean, fanatical's not even <clears throat> doing it really justice. So, the reason for the greatness of the Islamic regime, one, the supreme leader who is the deputy of the hidden imam, uh, the Imam Mahdi, the 12th Imam, rules with power and knowledge and, pen- and penetrating the hearts and the others is the, and the other, the other reason, is the martyrs who shed their blood for the greatness of this country. All of these devil martyrs that are now roasting in hell, burning in hell for eternity, then to be thrown into the lake of fire, who realize once they strapped on the nail bomb and blew themselves up and all of these other innocent people, and as they were plunging into hell, hellfire, they realized they had been lied to. I wish that Islam collectively could get a nice big look for about, I don't know, at least an hour. That they would be forced to be able to look at all of these martyrs of Islam burning in hell and the punishment they're in. I guarantee a whole bunch of people would probably get saved if they, if they were to get that glimpse would that be doing them a favor? Would that be doing them probably the best thing they could possibly have in this life? Because if they keep going on their route, they're not going to get saved, obviously. There's no hope for them. You know? They need this type of vision in order to have any hope of getting saved. There is no hope for them if they continue on this path. So I really pray God hang them out over hell, every one of them, and that they understand that you know, they're fighting against the king of the universe. They're fighting against the king of kings and lord of lords, the alpha, the omega, the first and the last. That is their enemy, Jesus Christ and Father God. I really do pray that God give them a uh, vision of that. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> going further, in praising those martyrs, he said, quote, God states in the Quran that martyrs are alive and not to consider them as dead. Yeah, they are alive. They're burning in hell. All their martyrs are, are burning in hell. And as they all had the art to exchange death to life, no, they exchanged death for more death, for more hellfire death, and reach eternal life. Yes, they're, they're going to have eternal life. Yeah, hell and then great, great white throne judgment and then cast in the lake of fire. That's their, that's their version of eternal life. I mean, I, I understand that's, that's the same for any unsaved person, but... <clears throat> There, um, that's where they're at, and I, again, I wish that 
Islam collectively could get a uh, a mass awakening of this fact. And then it go to, goes on to say, Salami likened the supreme leader, Ayatollah Ali Khamenei, to a sun shining on the Islamic world, and that despite all the international sanctions and threats, Iran is progressing on all fronts. Yeah, these are the same guys that take, and in, in, this, this particular guy... Um, <clears throat> with the one self-described story, I mean, they just openly admitted this in the writings, and I read the I read the report on one of the teachings I did, where you know he took him, he came over to uh, one of his followers' houses, and he liked his three-year-old daughter, so he said, "I want to have a temporary marriage with your three-year-old daughter." This is the same Ayatollah Khomeini, and so he's like, "Oh, oh yes, Ayatollah, you have my three-year-old daughter." So he takes him in the bedroom, and they hear the little. The poor little thing screaming the whole night from this lecherous old maggot from the pit of hell, raping her all night. And then he comes out the door the next morning, you know, refreshed and revived and ready for the day. And then, you know, they grant him the, the, uh, it was a temporary marriage, so they granted him the, the divorce and he goes his merry way. This is the type of slime and maggots that I'm talking about here. Okay? You do this to a little child. You incorporate it into your religion, and then you call yourself holy and moral and upright. And there's so much... I mean, it doesn't get a whole much a lot worse than that. It were better that a millstone were hung about his neck, and he be cast into the midst of the sea, than he offend one of these little ones that believeth on the Lord Jesus Christ. And, I mean, you know, you, you do this to little children, as far as I'm concerned, you forfeited your right to live. And, um... So, yeah, this is the type of people that we're dealing with at the highest levels of Islam on down. If the head is sick, the whole body is going to be sick. And that's obvious for when you see the actions of Islam. So, here is a, um, a uh, post that was sent to Steve Quayle from a guy, uh, one of his listeners. It says, my brother and his family live in Jerusalem. He's a minister and a former Navy SEAL. His office is close to one of Israel's largest underground military bases. He called me last night, which is very unusual. Usually, it is... It, it is by email. He called me to tell me that he is sending his family back to the U.S. immediately due to what he sees is happening within the last week and what he is being told by his military contacts in both the Israel and the U.S. military. Now, I'm going to verify this as well from other stories. Obviously, we already looked at the Armada moving into the Strait of Hormuz, and we're going to look at other things. <clears throat> he said he's seen with his own eyes military movements the likes of which he has never seen in his 20-plus years of being in Israel. What he is calling a massive redeployment and protective tactics of forces is underway in Israel. Over the last two days, he has seen anti-aircraft missile deployments throughout Jerusalem area, including three mobile units that he can see from his office windows. In addition, he has seen very large Israeli armored columns moving fast towards Sinai, where Egypt has now moved in armor. Now, that would make sense because Egypt is where, you know, we've got a ton of the, of the things that are happening right now. We've installed, U.S. has installed their puppet uh, Muslim Brotherhood dictators and, and people in there. So they're, you know, going nuts right now. So obviously that would make sense. <clears throat> um, these are reports of the top military leaders meeting with Israel's senior rabbi, which is something that has happened preceding every prior military campaign. His admonition is to watch carefully and pray for Israel and its people. He is convinced that barring something extraordinary, uh, Israel will attack Iran with or without the U.S., and that is very soon. It is his belief in Israel that Obama does not stand with Israel but with the Arab countries, which is, you know, 
confirming everything I've said. He has told me before that Israel will saber-rattle from time to time, but this time it was very different from what he has seen and hearing. He was at the Wailing Wall two days ago, and there were hundreds of IDF soldiers there, meaning Israeli Defense Force. As he was leaving, he passed at least 20 military buses full of soldiers en route to the wall. He has never seen this before either. Just thought I would pass this along. My brother is not alarmist by any means, and when he talks like this, it gets my attention for sure, and usually I find he knows more than he shares. These are reports that Israel is asking Obama to come to Israel there are reports that Israel is asking Obama to come to Israel immediately, but they are being answered with silence, as confirmed. Uh, my opinion is that I see the making of the perfect storm. So there's a link to that article if you'd like to see that. Uh, next article. <clears throat> Defense Minister Yehud Barak raised a toast to the Jewish New Year in an IAF F-15 squadron hangar the fighter jets, and what may be a hint of things to come and possible message to Iran that is not that it is not safe from an attack. While he never mentioned Iran's name, his words left little doubt what he was referring to. <clears throat> In the course of the ceremony, Barack said, We have experiences we have experienced huge tectonic shifts in the entire region in the past year. These shifts create challenges that are among the most complex we have ever faced both from very close range and both from very far away. And these challenges create a need to act and are ready for action. The state of Israel in general, the Air Force in particular, and the squadron need and must be highly alert at all times, sharp, determined, precise, so that there, so if there is a necessity to act, we will act and succeed. The IAF used F-16 fighters to bomb the Iraqi nuclear plant in 1981, while the F-15 circled overhead and provided security. Okay, so continuing on, uh, next article, Israel claims 70,000 Hezbollah rockets are aimed at it. Here's a picture of an Israeli boy inspecting the damage after a rocket fired by Palestinian militants from the Gaza Strip hit his house in southern Israel town. And this happens all the time. I've reported on this over and over and over again. Thousands and thousands and thousands of these rockets have landed in Israel. Um, is, the Israeli Defense Ministry claims Lebanese military militant groups, Hezbollah, has between 60 and 70,000 rockets aimed at Israel. Diplomatic Security Chief at the military Ministry of Isra Israeli Defense, uh, Amos Gilead, made the claim at the World Summit for the International Institute for Counterterrorism on Monday, according to the Jerusalem Post. Gilead further added that Hezbollah has multiplied its rocket stockpiles since 2006 Israeli invasion of Lebanon. And now it is capable of striking Israel. The next war will be aimed against the home front. And again, this confirms what Iran's been saying in these other things. So, that's why they're saying that if we struck Israel with all that we had, there'd be nothing left. Okay, that's why they're, they're real bold and confident about that. Next article. Um, <clears throat> many of us tried to warn Barack Obama that using militants from Al-Qaeda and other terrorist organizations to overthrow governments in the Middle East would not end well. The Obama administration was so determined to get rid of Mubarak and Gaddafi that they didn't even really stop and think about who was replacing them. Well, my comment is, this is not true, and this is exactly what they wanted to happen. By toppling these regimes, which were considered more moderate in their Islamic stance, they've all installed radical Muslim uh, dictators and um, governments, 
And as a result, now all this stuff is happening. And it's all by design. Okay, They knew Islam was going to react this way, and they knew if the radical elements got to a certain level of power in a given country, they're going to react a certain way. And it's exactly what they wanted, because now they can say, hey, look, look at these crazy Islamic people doing this, and it's true, they are, they're nuts. They're demon-possessed to the toenails, no doubt about it. But we were the country that put them there. Order out of chaos. Ordo Abkal, the motto of the 33rd degree Freemason. They're bringing their, in this case, new world order, or the coming new world order, out of this chaos that they're going to create by starting World War III. So, it's all by design. Our leaders assured us that those opposed to Mubarak and Gaddafi were just freedom fighters. They just wanted liberty and democracy in those countries. So they were puritanical in their in their desires, in other words. They have simply replaced one form of tyranny with an even worse form of tyranny. Sadly, the last couple of days have been a huge wake-up call for us. Radical Islamic militants stormed the U.S. Embassy in Cairo, Egypt, and replaced the American flag with the Al-Qaeda flag. In Benghazi, Libya, the U.S. consulate, was attacked by a crowd equipped with guns, homemade bombs, and rocket-propelled grenades. They torched the consulate, looted it, and killed the U.S. ambassador and three other U.S. officials. For years, our politicians told us that Al-Qaeda was the big enemy in the war on terror. But then, during the, quote, Arab Spring, the U.S. government was openly working with Al-Qaeda and a bunch of other similar radical Islamic organizations all over the Middle East to overthrow established governments so that they could install these more radical governments because, again, they wanted to increase the um, Middle East World War III timetable. They wanted to, to uh, advance that. And by getting more radical, much more radical governments in these particular countries, they, it was a virtual guarantee that that was going to happen at a much quicker pace than it would have if they would have just kept the other governments in there. After the protesters stormed the U.S. Embassy in Cairo, they made it very clear that they who they are aligned with. They tore down the U.S. flag, they desecrated it, and they put up a black Islamic flag in its place. So what did the black flag have on it? Um, the following is from CNN, how they describe the flag. The, flag, the black flag, which hangs atop a... Ladder inside the compound is adorned with the white characters that read, quote, There is no God but Allah, and Muhammad is his messenger, end of quote. Uh, an emblem often used in Al-Qaeda propaganda. And now all they're doing is being fundamental to the faith of Islam. They're fundamentalists. Like a fundamental Christian, he's somebody that, that tries to follow the fundamentals of the Bible. Well, when Islam behaves in this way, you have to understand, these are the fundamentalists. This is what the Quran tells them to do and the other unholy writings that they go by. They tell them to make jihad or holy war on the infidels and to destroy and kill and lie and steal and rape until they bring all their enemies under subjection and strike off their heads and kill them. That's what they're told to do. So all they're doing is being fundamental to what Islam, their writings tell them to do. So I've tried to establish that because a lot, a lot of people will say, oh no, there's these moderate Islamics and there's um, these peace-loving. Well, they're not being fundamental. And guaranteed, when push comes to shove in those particular countries where people that aren't so radical or aren't so, uh, let's say, moderate, they're going to be forced to become more radical or they'll die too. 
Because when the radical people are in power, they're going to force all of the people that may have been like kind of like more moderate, they're going to force them to step up their game. They're going to force them to be more fundamental to the faith of Islam, or they're going to die. So, that's that's a given. Now, next article. <clears throat> uh, the blood-crazed Muslims dragged the body of the U.S. Ambassador Stevens through the streets of Libya. Uh, is this what is Islam is all about? Are you paying attention yet? And here's a quote from good old Barack Hussein Obama. It says, he said, the sweetest sound I know of is the Muslim call to prayer. You ever hear that? Well, he was, he was brought up a Muslim. So, he, I, I've heard that quote before, but there's many more quotes beyond that. But he, he is, you know, as far as I'm concerned, he is a Muslim. There's ample proof to indicate that. Ambassador Chris Stevens was killed Tuesday night when he and his group of embassy employees went to the consulate to try to evacuate staff as the building came under attack by a mob with guns and rocket-propelled grenades. Here's a picture of his dead body being drugged through the streets right here. Um, the, here's the Religion of Peace, amateur photograph of the body of Ambassador Chris Stevens posted on abram.org.eg. There's a link there you can click on. He's clearly, looks like he's clearly dead to me. Um, and then the State Department said Tuesday that one American was killed in the attack. It is not confirmed the other three deaths. Here's a picture of him. He's uh, uh, dead here. They've got him over his shoulder, dragging him through the streets. And the mainstream media is desperately trying to make you think that these are photos of compassionate Muslims taking the Ambassador Stevens to the hospital. <laughs> They've even stopped doing that now. They, 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 tried to, they tried to pull that for, I think, a little bit, but now, now they're even, they're, they're, the evidence is too overwhelming to even indicate that. These are Muslims that killed the guy, they're bragging about killing him, and they want to kill more. Okay, so, anyway, I give you those pictures if you want to see those. They're not real super graphic or anything, but, I mean, obviously, you probably don't want to show your kids them. Here is a um, uh, U.S. ambassador in Libya sodomized before he was killed. Um... Now, this is the same U.S. ambassador. The Washington Times has posted a video clip reported, a, a, reportedly originating from the Libyan Free Press confirming the sodomization of Ambassador Stevens prior to his murder. Now, see, this is that religion of peace. They want to humiliate you, desecrate you, do everything possible on the planet before they kill you, if they, can, if they have the kind of time to do that, and then they kill you for Allah, because he is a loving, loving uh Devil God, you know, obviously. So, as translated by the Washington Times, the Libyan reporter stated, Libya, the U.S. ambassador in Benghazi, was sodomized and killed by his own Al-Qaeda puppets. The people that we installed in there did this to him. A Google translation of the report reads, and there's another picture of him dead, and here's a whole, here's the actual uh, report, if you want to read it for yourself. But yeah, it appears as though he was sodomized. Now, keep in mind that the Al-Qaeda-linked rebels reported, supported by Obama apparently sodomized the former dictator, Muammar Gaddafi, before he was killed. So it's not like they don't have a pattern of this. This is what they do. They are pure evil, and when you're pure evil, there's nothing you won't do. So... One commentator at Dan Ryle's blog notes that sexual humil humiliation of infidels is very important in Islam. And passed along this link, and there's a whole link there of the uh, sexual jihad demoralizing tactic. Okay, so this is another thing they do. 
Um, they do it to the to the women, you know, obviously probably way more than, than they would the men. Uh, because they want to desecrate the women and then, you know, kill them. And the children and whoever. It's everybody's fair game. It, it, because they're infidel dogs. It's just like Hitler, when he went and killed Jews and or gypsies or whoever in the, in, in the Nazi death camps, they didn't think they were doing anything wrong. There was no, there was no conscience of sin. That, like they were, they were just eliminating an inferior race that needed to be, it would be like culling the herd. That's all they're doing. These people, they view them, they would view us or anyone else as, as infidel dogs that have forfeited our right to exist and we don't need to exist. And they, we need to be eliminated off the planet so Islam can, can rule the world without having to worry about any infidels. You know, but they got a, they, um, the thing is, is they've got, um, a real rude awakening coming from God. Because, um, <laughs> they're sadly mistaken if they think they're gonna be able to pull that off from a biblical standpoint. But according to Obama, Obama and Hillary, the kind Libyans were trying to carry Ambassador Stevens to the hospital. Yeah, right. But, so they sodomized the guy and they, um, um, killed him, drug him through the streets. You know, I mean, this is this is Islam. This is um, the actual absolute fruit, more fruit, of Islam. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and end part one here, and uh, we're going to go to part two next. So God bless you, and we'll see you in part two. Scott Johnson's weekly audios are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G. F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H dot com. Please help us continue this work. To support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2nd Line, 450 Conover, C-O-N-O-V-E-R, Boulevard West, number 202, 3rd Line, Conover, North Carolina, 28613. Or on the internet, PayPal can be used at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.